I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? Let it out. I want you to hit me. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to a brand new episode of Hit Me One More Time, the Nostalgia Reflection Podcast, where we look at the things that we loved when we were younger, and we ask the question, is this good? I'm David Luzader, and of course, here with me, always just ready to be launched out of a small plastic launcher and, and spin around at high speeds, is Nick Shermooksness. Nick, hello. Hello, David. How's it going? Doing well. How are you? Well, you know, I was Beyblade free since 2003, and uh, now I can't say that anymore. Oh no, you're, you're back. You're <laughs> you've fallen off the. Well, you were. I fell, I, I fell off the wagon. So yeah, I fell off the wagon. I, well, rough, I think the show started around 2003, maybe a little bit earlier, but it worked for my joke. So yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you. And that's the kind of humor you can expect here on Hit Me One More Time. <laughs> Of course, we have a guest who brought our topic this week, and that is Stan of Voicemail Pod. Stan, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, pleasure to be here. Uh, looking forward to the discussion. Uh, for people who might not be aware of you, of your work, just give us a little overview. What what was Voice of Mail Pod? What are you up to? All that kind of stuff. Sure. So uh <laughs> awkwardly we're actually on a sort of hiatus at the moment <laughs> so we're not up to much exactly uh, however we still have the podcast there's uh over 50 uh, 50 something episodes of uh, uh pretty good stuff i would say essentially we are a like a pop culture podcast um and we talk a lot about kind of um a combination of things film tv um, what's happening in the world it's called the voice of mail pod because the premise is for people to basically send in voicemails via our website and just basically yeah give us like stories or questions or anything that they wanted to share or just rants or whatever's on their mind essentially and um and uh, yeah, we did that for about 50 or so episodes, and uh, we're just on a bit of a mini break now. We're trying to see if and when we can come back, um, but uh, that's, uh, that's how things are at the moment. It's a cool concept. It's a cool show. Like you said, there's, it's still out there for people to check out, so go, go do it, people. Hop on there. But Stan is joining us this week to talk about something he brought to the show, and that is Beyblades. This... Beyblades. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the one, Beyblade. This line uh... of spinning toy tops began in Japan in 1999 before later finding international popularity. And the game sees two players battling one another with their Beyblades and the victor being the one whose top is still standing or spinning at the end. This is the part of the show where we talk about our own personal histories with the subject and Stan, since you brought Beyblades here, uh, what's your history with Beyblades? What, why did you decide to bring it to the show? All that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Beyblade was, it was just kind of like back in the day when I used to watch pretty much all I used to watch was Cartoon Network. Um, Beyblade came into my life i feel around when i was the age of i'll say 12 or so 
um, maybe a bit younger. And I just recall it was the first show, TV show or cartoon that I had ever seen where I'd actually participated in the uh, the actual um, physical aspects of it, i.e. The, the toy buying. So first came the show, and not long after, I learned that, oh, they actually do the actual toys, the actual Beyblades as well, uh, which you can buy in stores. So I just um, spent a lot of my like my allowance money or my or my pocket money, if you will, um, which I should have been using on school lunch, <laughs> because I, I wasn't we we weren't I wasn't uh, fortunate enough to have like a, a big like my allowance was school school money and then anything I keep on top of that is like yeah that's your allowance basically so a lot of that I, I went there was a number a number of hungry days, um, <laughs> I... in, in school. I remember when I was a kid and I had to choose between playing Beyblades and putting oil in my car, you know? <laughs> now, I'm... Sounds like a tough childhood. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Do you, do you still have any of those Beyblades today? More important question, are you a Beyblade champion? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the, the answer to both of those questions are no. So... Um, <laughs> it's uh my my mom was actually she's she was notorious um for like throwing away our toys so um if we started to get like too many and she'd find them lying around she would just like secretly get rid of them and i'd be like where's my beyblade and she'll be like are you sure it's not where you left it but in reality she's like put it in the in the attic or she's just throwing them away kind of thing so yeah the, it's been i have not seen a beyblade in the flesh for years um yeah and i never became a world champion of, of beyblade unfortunately it's too bad how many at the the height of your owning them would you say that you had before your mother started culling <laughs> that's a good question actually i think um at the height in our house there may have been maybe about i would say roughly six or seven maybe okay. eight but uh, because the way we would do it is I would get one and then I'd make sure my brother had one and then I'd make sure my sister had one so that we could all like battle each other essentially. Like I was, um, I'm, I was the older sibling, so I was a bit of a tyrant and I would, <laughs> I would make sure that like the fun that I wanted to have was, was basically carried out essentially. So I would be like, okay, we're all like Beyblading now. And uh, my brother used to participate happily, but my sisters would be like, okay, fine. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it was around um, six or eight, I think. I love that you were making sure that your siblings had them just so you had somebody to play with. That's exactly that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I, res I respect that kind of tyranny. <laughs> it's, it's welcome. Uh, Nick, what about you? How many Beyblades were in your house at any given time? Well, I mean, I wasn't a Beyblade champion, but I was like a pog champion you know same same principles like random knights in shining armor would show up as i flipped the pod um no actually i had like zero experience with beyblades um which was interesting because it really to me i mean i i was still young i think when the first uh show uh came out and but I, I really it just it didn't capture me or like i was already transitioning out of watching 
those types of shows like i mean a, a similar kind of show you know like pokemon where you battle things uh, you know i was i was <laughs> i was really into but beyblades and like Yu-Gi-Oh, which i think were also i think Yu-Gi-Oh and beyblades came out roughly around the same period like i just they just did not grasp me uh, Yu-Gi-Oh at least didn't grasp me beyblades i just somehow avoided altogether so this was this was a, a new experience for me and I, I probably probably have plenty to say but we'll find out <laughs> Yeah. I would. It's, it's funny. I just wanted to add real quick. It's funny that you should say that because I find it so fascinating that a lot of these properties that we liked as kids came out around the same time. Sometimes like within the same year or two year period. But for me personally, I feel like I, I always remember absorbing them at different times. Like I don't like I remember absorbing Yu-Gi-Oh at different time as I did absorb like Pokemon and, mm. and then. Beyblade was a different time. It's, it's I guess that's because it was seasons, but yeah, there yeah. was just a lot of content at that age. I think also shows just like like they, they came out at like, or at least maybe just the way we were watching it, right? Like it's not like you turn on Netflix and you have, you know, all the seasons sort of right there for you to binge Exactly, through, right? like, yeah. I remember sitting down hoping that like that one episode that I saw one time that I really liked would come back on and I had no idea how to understand a TV guide until I was much older. <laughs> Yeah, I think what helps them kind of blend together a bit is because some of them are so similar because Yu-Gi-Oh! was a few years before or started at least a few years before Beyblades did. But really, they're all so kind of similar in their goal. Obviously, yeah. they're, they're looking to sell something to kids, but so many of them have the same tropes, you know, show-wise. Uh, I mean, Beyblades and Yu-Gi-Oh! From what little doubt I've seen of the Beyblades show, like there's so much common DNA there. Less Egyptian pharaohs uh, inhabiting <laughs> the main protagonist, but you know, uh, it's still people in arenas, uh, and also less people are dying in Beyblades. From what I've seen, neither here nor there. It's just far enough. Similar, yeah. I guess I didn't maybe didn't watch enough of it. Uh, similar though, I think in their goals, and and I'm. Nick, you and I are of uh, very similar ages, and for us, Beyblades came to America right as we were like entering high school or near our sophomore year, kind of from like best I can tell. So really, we were out of the age of that uh, for it to have an impact on us in the same way. Like I remember being really interested in Yu-Gi-Oh when that first started, but. The card game didn't come here until way after I had started uh, watching the show. And I was kind of in a magic at the time, and my mother was in no way going to let me spend money on two different card games. So I, I remember one time, my friend Joey and I, like we found, this was shortly after the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime was starting here, and they had uh, some of the Japanese cards in this comic shop we went to all the time. So we bought them and were trying to play the game, but had no idea what anything was because the rules hadn't been released here and the cards were all in Japanese. Uh, and then by the time that started getting into English, like I said, wasn't really for me. Beyblades was at, just at a time in my life that it wasn't engaging to me. It was always on the periphery, though. I remember there's jokes of it in like other stuff I like. Like I think 21 Jump Street Beyblades shows up in there. Uh, really? I, yeah, there's like a, a bunch of kids that are like they they hang out in like the science room during lunch or whatever and they're like yeah we play blade blades in here and 
<laughs> then I went uh, the, at the Mabim, I went and saw Mabim Bam live show, My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and one of the questions was about Beyblade. So just every once in a while in my life, I'm reminded that Beyblades exist. And then at Christmas, my nephew, who is like six, I ugh, there's so many of them. Like I have so many nieces and nephews, I can't really keep track. But he got Beyblades for Christmas and was like so excited. He got a stadium with some Beyblades. And so I, for the first time in my life, actually interacted with Beyblades just last month uh, from when we're recording this. And, wow. and it was, um, I could see how it would be fun as a kid. And even like as an adult, if, uh, if we were making it a drinking game of some kind or something, I could see having a lot of fun with it, but yeah. I, I wasn't like, well, <laughs> let me run out now and go buy a bunch of Beyblades. <laughs> So that's a good place to start. Let's let's talk about the well, stadium on, specifically. Nick, before we get to that. Oh no. Can you Oh, share you're right. You're right. I'm so sorry. I jumped ahead. Yeah, I jumped ahead. Jeez. Well, can you share with us the world's history with Beyblades before you start going on the stadiums? Absolutely. So, uh, the Takara company first released Beyblades in 1999. The name and toys are inspired by Begoma, a traditional spinning top, with the concept being similar to that of the Battling Tops board game from 1968. An accompanying manga series with the same name was released at the same time as the toy to help promote it. An anime series based on the manga started in 2001 in Japan with international release in 2002. Hasbro was behind the spread of the show as they had gained international licensing rights from Takara in order to bring the toy into the international market. The popularity of the toy shrank around 2006, bringing about a hiatus for a couple of years until a hugely popular revival a few years later. The anime has remained popular as well with a total of 15 series produced, the most recent being the still-running Beyblade Battle Surge. The toy line has sold hundreds of millions of units worldwide continues to be popular today yes now that's, that's millions of units that mothers have thrown away <laughs> it's true it's and true. fathers let's not let's not you know all, all the parents all parents have been throwing beyblades around away since like 2001 mm -hmm. yeah it's uh there's hundreds of millions have been sold and probably many of those millions are now in landfills at this point <laughs> oh yeah uh, this is really an environmental podcast now. Let's talk about <laughs> the degradation of the environment because of Beyblades. Now, Nick, you were going to say something about the stadiums. Yes, the stadiums. Because that, it's hard to say what was the first thing that stood out to me. So just to be clear, obviously Beyblades is this, you know, there's there's shows, there's the toys, there's the manga. Um, I didn't I, I didn't have time or the wherewithal to go out and buy a Beyblade set to try to try it out. It probably would have been very sad for me to do so. Um, but I Could did you imagine just like a, the look you would have gotten from the clerk. <laughs> I mean, I don't even think they would they they, they would really care, right? Like maybe he's buying it for his child or something like that. I don't have kids. Um but like i think just the idea of me like coming home and like pulling this set out and like like i'm not in the headspace for it like i'm just buying it in order to like understand it so that i can participate in the podcast and i just i, I just feel like if like someone was watching me play it uh it would be like wow you're uh <laughs> yeah um but so so what i did was i watched several episodes of beyblade burst 
which I think gave me, I, I did that and I watched a, a few of the commercials that have come out. I thought that would be a good place. Like I had started watching a video of some person explaining like the Beyblade set and I was like, nope, okay, what is the commercials? And then they're at least a bit more dynamic. Um, but anyway, so I don't really know where to start, but I'm starting with the stadiums because they're small. They That's are. really my biggest point is that they're small. And, and, <laughs> Gosh, I don't even know. There, it's just there's just something about like the the show, especially. So there's my as my point of view. The show, especially, like puts so much energy into making like playing Beyblades like this really dynamic thing. But it's really two kids just like sh- ripping it into like uh, 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 I don't know a, a f- maybe like less than a foot by foot or whatever little box that they bang around in. And t- that just tickles me. I don't know. What did, what did you both think? Uh, I mean, so for me, I, I, I'm, I absolutely know what you're, know what you're talking about because <laughs> it, it kind of shows you like the power of imagination, right? And how much kids can get carried away with these kind of things. Because yeah, when you actually see a to- like a, a stadium, it's yeah, like a foot by foot um, little bowl in which you spin the Beyblades in. And it's like, this is not quite what I saw in the in the animated series, but um, still fun. So why not? But yeah, it, it is very hilarious. But um, uh, there was uh, there were times where I remember not having a stadium because I, I, I remember getting the toys, the Beyblades first, and we'd have to like find like small trays in the house or on top of the... <laughs> the dryer to just kind of do it there and then when i finally got a stadium that i found in like a little i'm not sure what the U, the u.s version of this would be like a, i don't know like a bodega or, or a knickknack shop kind of thing um i found the stadium and it was lots of fun but yeah it, when you compare what you see in the cartoon to what what's in reality it's uh, it's a stark contrast <laughs> Yeah, I, I had never seen one before until my nephew on Christmas was like, hey, let's play some some Beyblades. Uh, that's how we said it, too. He's like, hey, uncle, uh, you, me, Beyblades now. Uh, and it, it really, it I mean, I had no idea what the, the toys were like. And this was also a, a moment for me of realizing how far I am from that age because I could not figure out how to get the stupid launcher to work. Uh <laughs> You have to you have to like hook it into a thing and twist it, but you have to hook it just right. And you can't twist it too much because then it'll like get loose. Like it won't break it, but it just like doesn't fit right. And then you got to get like the thing in there, it facing the right way. And I, I just I felt old for the first time, like really <laughs> in a way of like, oh, I I don't I don't. I don't get this. I, I, As you stood back up, your back started to ache, and you're like, "I need to sit down and drink a tea." I mean, it's not not terribly inaccurate, and I like, it's, I, you know, he would hand him like a Transformers toy. I'm like, I remember Transformers toys, and still like was struggling a little bit of like, there's so many moving parts. Oh my god, mm-hmm. uh, uh. and then just like with this, it's just like I am, I am not a little kid. In in like this way that like even as you get older you're still like well I still like fun like cool thing cool things and whether or not Beyblades cool is entirely subjective but I just I I felt like an adult in this weird distanced way from my childhood that I'd never felt before and yeah as you said Nick the stadium was rather small and 
I I thought like there's got to be rules. There's got to be like special things that we that we do here. Uh, but all we were doing was just launching these tops into the stadium, and they were like hitting each other, and that was it. Uh, yeah, I mean it's tops that you shoot with guns, basically. That f- fairly fairly accurate. So why why then like we're talking about it so clinically in a way, but this is a this is fun when you're a kid, right? Like this sort of thing. I mean, why were Pogs so much fun? You know, we're, I guess there's a little bit more skill to Pogs, but there's this other toy craze I remember. It was very big at my school. I don't know if it actually was a craze elsewhere, but it was called like Crazy Bones. And Crazy Bones were just these little plastic, little hunks of plastic in various shapes uh, mm-hmm. that there was a game, quote unquote, that like exists around it, but you know, it's like similar thing. You're, you're throwing plastic at plastic. It's not (laughs) anything special. And yet that was like so much fun and such a big deal as a kid that even me now as an adult being like, I'm, I'm an old man now. I can tell from my nephew, he was having a blast. Like it's, it's for a kid, like something like this is so much fun. Right. Yeah. It must be, I think it's something about the psyche of children, I suppose. Yeah. You get all the colors because when you're describing how you would like have you had to set up the launcher and twist it and everything, it's like every single thing that you had to do for a child, it's like building up to that moment where they launch it, and it's it's this kind of weird moment of bliss. Um, but yeah, I, I, for kids, they love it. I mean, I I just I only recently stumbled. I saw like on TikTok. I have a TikTok. Yes shoot me <laughs> it's, after uh, the show after the it's show pretty, it's pretty yeah. sad but um i just happened to come across some guys a, a tiktok page that dedicated to beyblade and i was like oh wow this is this is uh what my childhood was all about and i was, I watched a few tiktoks and i was like well this is boring and then i just <laughs> kind of moved on with my life and it's uh yeah it's definitely something about look, these guys at hasbro and takara they, they know what they're doing yeah essentially and and oh go ahead david well i was gonna say and the show from what little bit i watched the show isn't doesn't make beyblades necessarily more exciting in the sense of like what it, it it's still two kids um shooting tops at one another in arenas that is an international phenomenon within the realm of the show <laughs> it's always um, an international well, phenomenon and, and there's we, never like a show where you can summon an egyptian dragon god thing and no one gives a crap it, we, we <laughs> talked about this with zoids right where it's like okay whatever the thing is for your show in this case it's beyblades the entirety of society in the world is based around this thing so the and they most all go to the same school. The most, yeah, of course. The most important thing in this world is Beyblades, and the way that the 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 Beyblade sequences are animated and shot are really fun to like take a step back and look at because it's like it's a lot of quick cuts and exciting music and and reaction shots in the crowd when really it's the same thing. Like you, you could you could possibly film it that way in real life. I mean, maybe TikTok would be perfect for this where you have all these quick cuts and like ridiculous like shots of like, Oh, there goes by really fast. Oh, they just slammed into each other. Whoa. You can make it seem cool on a micro level, but on like a, when you pull that back, it's, it's just the, the two tops maybe hitting each other once in the entirety of the match. 
And that's what I like. I struggled with when I was watching the cartoons. I couldn't help but sort of put myself in the crowd, like kind of looking around, like not sure why everyone's so excited. Like just imagining that there's this tiny foot by foot box that kids are like throwing these things into and like summoning in their imagination, I guess, like a, a knight in shining armor, at least in the case of Beyblade Burst. And like they, every, every, bay well i think they were just called bays actually the bladers were the players and the bays were the thing the the top well the, the bay um, is the one that you you find there before anyone else so it's yeah. it's <laughs> oh gosh. i would love and on, wait no i love the idea of bay blades where it's like you take the person that you're dating <laughs> and chuck them <laughs> into a stadium to spin really fast while someone chucks the person they're dating Come on, I'm going to ask my partner if I can stick them in a gun and shoot them into an <laughs> arena. Perfect. But it's, yeah, I don't know. The, the, it's, it, it was hard for me. And I think David, uh, um, and Stan, I think you said it too, but like as an adult, like all I could do was rip this show apart. <laughs> like to me, to me, and, 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 you know, when I, I did find a moment of Zen at the end where I was just like, you know, I, I had a moment, like this is just for children. Mm -hmm. And if you're an adult and you still like Beyblades, that's totally cool. But from where I was standing, it, it wasn't for me. The, the extreme, like the, the over of topness, like in Beyblade burst, like the main character, Valt or vault or something like that you know typical spiky haired kid wearing ridiculous clothing who like is so exuberant and won't shut up and he's like the worst person in the world like he barely trains like he admits to not training very much he's overconfident and somehow he keeps winning like every single match he's in like everything is completely unearned somehow his bay just like gets a burst of energy and like starts destroying all of these more competent bay players bay bladers um and the show is just so exciting and everyone's cheering and and the, like one thought that came to mind i hope this is appropriate enough but basically it was like when you watch like a, an adult movie like a, a mainstream adult movie and there's like a passionate sex scene in it and like the quick cuts and it's you know everything is just like like super energetic or whatever and then you kind of take all of that away and it's just like really kind of awkwardly watching two people, you know, have <laughs> sex. And that's kind of, that was kind of Beyblades when I was watching. I'm like, if I took away the, the, the shining knight armor sequence and like the crowd cheering and all these flashy lights, like it, was, it really is just two kids standing really close to a little box, like having little plastic things hit each other. Yeah, it's it's all in the presentation of it. It's like horror movies. If you take out for a lot of horror movies, if you take out like the atmospheric sound, uh, I mean, if you, if you watch a horror movie on mute, you're probably very rarely going to be scared because there's so much like going into the buildup that is outside of just like the visual. Uh, and really for these shows, yeah, it's all about the music, the cuts, the people going like this time I can do it. I can, uh, let it rip better than ever before why do they have to pick a phrase that we used to for farting <laughs> that's so true actually <laughs> that's just you know oh, yeah. it's it's just what what came to mind and it is easy to sit here to tear apart i mean the anime because the animators are just so trope filled they are 
bare minimum, we just need to sell these toys. And yet, it has not stopped production yep. at all. 15, it, 15 series or something like that? Yeah, and each one has like 50-something episodes. I don't mm. know what in the world is going on for those 50 episodes. I don't understand what the stakes are that each series would be different. And yet, every year, like as soon as one ends, a new one is starting. It's like it's, be- it's getting to Power Rangers level at this point. Beyblade bursty er burstiest. <laughs> and yeah. also what I liked was they kept they would talk to their bays. It'd be like, oh, Valtrex, like, you can do this. And, like, I mean, the only, like, you can't do anything after you shoot the Beyblade into the stadium. So I can understand, like, kind of sitting there, maybe in like a tense position, like watching it happen. But he's like jabbing his arms and, like, come on, Bay, like, you know, you can do this, Valtrex, like, you'll find it in you. And then, like, you know, when he wins or loses or whatever, he like picks it up and he's like speaking to his Beyblade, you know, like it's a person. <laughs> like, you know, and it's like, I mean, it is like, you know, like Pokemon, like you talk to Pikachu, right? But like in this case, it's like it's just it's literally just a piece of plastic that he's talking to. But like Valtrix has a personality, even though it's nothing. <laughs> but you said that there was um, there's like a knight of shining armor in inside. So that so I mean, obviously, yeah, I watch. I, I only watch like four to five, seven, seven episodes or something like that. Nick's only watched four or five seasons of it so far. (laughs) I did. Yeah. All, all in an afternoon. Also like now I just realized that like basically every episode blurred together. So I didn't get far (laughs) enough to find out if like there was like an ancient Bay blader, you know, who also happened to be like a knight in King Arthur's court or something (laughs) such and like got imbued into a piece of plastic that hadn't been created yet probably at the time and you know like there's just like spirits living in these these beyblades or if it just really is the imagination oh i see right okay oh sorry sam are you gonna say something no i I was just um basically just yeah noting that i I get where um nick is coming from there um because the ones the series that i watched they were there were these actual beings um that were imbued into mm. the tops or the baby okay. or whatever okay. and and then yeah they would essentially when the stakes rise then the spirits would come out and they would do battle while the the tops were spinning and it made no sense whatsoever <laughs> but yeah it was just it was great viewing as a kid you yeah, can. that that I can accept. At least there's like a supernatural element to it, like yeah. that explains sort of why everything's so crazy versus just what I want. Then why but, do yeah. school children have these spirits trapped inside tops? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> See that that's never really, at least in the ones that I watched, they never really addressed it. And why um, would they? They just passed down in the family, and <laughs> the next like. 11 or 12 year old gets it when they start beyblading or something it's just very bizarre this was your this was your great 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 grandfather's yeah beyblade from like the civil war and you know it saved many lives exactly the show starts because i watched the first episode and the show starts with something like eons ago when beyblades were first created it's like wait what eons ago when the sport of beyblading was young Powerful beasts roamed the earth, but as the old ways faded. This is <laughs> yeah, in like long, Mesopotamia. Yeah, how long have we been doing this? I also watched one up. This this is insane. 
talking about what level, what stakes there are. There was uh, in one of the episodes I watched where the person the main character was up against could feel pain based on what happened to their Beyblade. So oh, yeah. if the other Beyblade like knocked into it or whatever, like he would feel the pain. Now, never like it was never like if his Beyblade loses a match, he dies. It wasn't anything dramatic like that. It was just he would feel the physical pain of anything happening to his Beyblade. Uh, mm. To to I, which I guess like you have to do what you can to give the match stakes. But then when, I, when he lost, he was just standing. He made like a noise of like ah, and then just was standing there. <laughs> That's better than what I saw, where one of his opponents was a guy who had two puppets on his hands, this and like amazing. he would only speak through his puppets. That sounds incredible. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it it was actually poignant in a way because. He beat again the the protagonist in this show, Val de, 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 whatever sure, his sure. name is. He like is a total butthead about everything. Super stupid. Like doesn't doesn't like live in the like can't appreciate like what's going on around him. You know, constantly is like, oh, I should have trained more. Like I only did it one time. And the okay, I had to take a quick aside because the training I love. Whereas like he lost in the first episode, he loses a match in like for like his like direct school rival, who also taking another aside was a kid who I think eternally was wearing a bandaid across his nose, wore his jacket uniform maybe on his shoulders, but then was wearing kind of like sweatpants or something as his other clothes, uh, and had like that hair that's kind of like maybe like an overly exaggerated Elvis haircut. If I'm picturing what Elvis's hair looked like at all correctly. Um, oh, the pompadour. The, like a pompadour. Yeah. And he, you know, it was something like you don't like, you didn't get the fundamentals and he was like, Oh yeah, the fundamentals. And then like, you know, he has that training by the river montage where he's just doing push-ups and he finds a tire that he ties to his back. And he's just like, practicing the rip motion against the tree and apparently those are the fundamentals <laughs> but anyway back to the original topic was so after he he ends up defeating this this puppet kid uh and a i i, I kind of like looked away for a second and then looked back and he like for some reason had one of the kids puppets and i don't think he asked for it so rude um and then he was just like insisting well you know what you know we're rivals but like we're also friends now never had that conversation oh. <laughs> uh and then i think in like the next episode there was something like he there was like a puppet show going on at the mall and he stumbles across it. And coincidentally, the, the main puppet, who's like the, a knight, looks just like the protagonist. So obviously that goes to his head. But then it turns out that like this puppet show is put on by this puppet kid's family. And also the kid has no friends. So there is like a poignant moment where he like truly does befriend the puppet kid. And like it's clear that this puppet kid is a little weird and like no one really talks to him. And that he literally does only talk through his puppets what? um but it, but it that that was like maybe like the only moment the whole time i was watching where i was like oh i went into like a fugue state during that rant of, <laughs> <laughs> i am not oh the, the i don't blame you to be fair that's, you, there's no way to follow that up yeah that's that's pretty typical though of of these kind of shows where the protagonist is always the kind of down on their luck at the beginning a little bit, but they are so plucky and charismatic that everybody they beat, even though it's like, oh, I've been defeated by you. This is the worst moment of my life. It's like, hey, 
we we Beybladed together, so now we're best friends. It's like <laughs> literally the exactly the same as the the series that I watched. So it's, <laughs> it's pretty much a continuous trope that they use. And honestly, like, I learned a lot about life because in one episode, a random like there's like the two characters that are kind of they're more veterans and they're off to the side just judging everyone. And he's just like, there's only two types of Beybladers in the world, bladers or something like that in the world: those who win and those who lose. And I was like, wow. I, I mean, he's not deep. wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> it, you know it. Yeah, and I don't know. Anyway, it's, I'm just going to let only, that, that, that sentence stumble out of my mouth. There's only two outcomes to any match. Victory <laughs> or defeat. It's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh my gosh, that show. And of course, there's like, you know, there's always that one kid who I'm pretty sure had the voice actor from who's Matt in the Digimon show, you know, who's like the prodigy, like second coming of Jesus Beyblade, you know, player. <laughs> um who like everyone looks to but he's like rooting for the plucky protagonist um and like i don't know it's just it, it what's what's great about that trope is that everybody always knows who that person is except for the protagonist because the person will show up and the protagonist will, like and they'll be like oh flashy amazing the protagonist will be like who is that and like ah oh, you don't know kevin <laughs> the the seventeen-time winner of the championship. Like, yeah, that's a good point. Actually, the protagonist is always well. I mean, most I think most, especially in anime, but there's the protagonist is always like uh, used as a, a exposition device, I suppose, where yeah. we learn through him. But sometimes they do get carried away. Like seriously, you you've never heard of the most famous person in your chosen sport. <laughs> like ever and you're meant to be like a huge Beyblader or something or I plan on being the best one ever <laughs> yeah. I mean I know, I know, I know nothing, nothing about, about the sport it. I learned about it yesterday but I'm going to be the yeah. best there ever was you know what tomorrow I'm going to go find a soccer stadium and I am going or football if you will um, <laughs> and you. I'm just going to like declare out loud as loud as I can scream that I'll be like the next David, Be who's the good soccer player now, the, uh, <laughs> some, uh, some guy's name. Anyway, David Beckham, that's the only one I know. David Beckham, yeah, <laughs> and I'm just going to like yell that out loud and then I will get obliterated because I have no idea what I'm doing. But don't worry, a, a short montage will, will be all you need. And now that we're talking <laughs> about this trope. It's it's going back in my mind. I'm thinking like Ash wanted to be the best uh, Pokemon. He wanted to be the Pokemon master, the, the best there ever was, uh, to catch them as my real test, to train them as my cause. But he constantly was keep like, going. "What? What? No, I'm not going to keep going. I'm not going to do the whole theme song. We're good." Uh, but he constantly would be like, "Oh, what Pokemon is that?" Exactly. Yeah. It's like, you're you're obsessed with these things. This is all you've wanted to do your whole life, and you don't know half of the Pokemon you encounter. And that's where I feel bad. Cause like, yeah, Gary's kind of a dick, but like, he's clearly super competent about yeah. like what he's doing. And, and he's, yeah, he's, he's the foil for the, for the, the dumb protagonist to sort of finally get a once over. Everything Gary accomplished in Pokemon was immediately undone by Ash. 
there was like one episode we're talking about pokemon now there yeah. was one episode i remember <laughs> so later in the, like the initial <laughs> ash series where like um both ash and gary were back at professor oak's house and they're like, com- like and professor oak is comparing their pokedexes and it was something like gary you know uh, had caught like hundreds of pokemon and ash is like oh like he caught like 18 yeah, gary, you know and the only yeah, reason that he this. somehow like that he was quote-unquote better was that he somehow cataloged yep we saw more pokemon he just didn't catch gary any of them. gary caught more ash some i remember i specifically remember what you're talking about stan were yeah. you uh were you big into pokemon was that a thing for you uh, oh yeah absolutely um i i just decided to go with beyblade as a you know a bit of a more niche um property but oh yeah definitely into pokemon uh in my youth as well was there i mean i appreciate that you brought beyblade no, no, because it really sure. was like such it, it, it's such an interesting property to have to like unpack mm. did you were there any other like toy crazes like this that you got caught up in i mean pokemon is more you know video games uh but like did you ever you know start playing Yu-Gi-Oh or i don't even know what other was there, there wasn't yeah. anything else really like Beyblades, I guess, but anything kind of like trying to, I'm trying to wreck my brains. And as far in terms of like Beyblade was the one that I remember that was it was very late stage because I was in secondary school, which is like I think um like high schools uh, sorry, yeah. middle school slash high school yeah, in the yeah. US and and um it and I remember wow, there's there's actually a few people that are into this. And I don't have to pretend to <laughs> be a closet like lover of this thing. Um, but I, apart from Beyblade, there wasn't really there were a few things here and there, but it was more to do it was like um more like games. Um a few people got into like cards, like Yu-Gi-Oh! DBZ cards, Pokemon cards, and that kind of thing. But um in school i went to an all-boys school as well, so I think I don't think that helped. So there'll be <laughs> there would have been a lot of like nerd suppression like going on yeah (laughs) Yeah. uh, that's definitely a thing but but beyblades kind of managed to a few people kind of came out of their nerd closet when it came to beyblade for some reason so yeah yeah if girls were around that never would have come up at at school i imagine (laughs) as i'm not that i'm saying people should be embarrassed about it i'm just saying as a teenage boy that is not something that that you would think other people would find cool, and I'm glad that you found people that that you could you know have fun with over it and and bond. Did you? Was there any one of them? Because I know they have different names. Was there any one that you had that was like your favorite that you remember, or one that you use all the time, or was it just kind of whatever you had available? Wow, that, that's actually a good question. Um, yeah. Uh, so the so the one that I did like was this one called Galleon, and it was. It was all black, and um, the Bit Beast. So that's the sentient supernatural being that lives inside the Beyblade. Um, was a lion. So I remember at the time, really young, thinking, "Wow, that's so cool! I can't wait to get one and find it in the shops." And whenever I did find it, I would like, yeah, buy it, and then <laughs> it would break, and then I'll buy a new one. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'll say Galleon was was my fave um one thing about the the looking thinking back about the show uh it's definitely not something anyone would really enjoy as an as an adult however i do there is one thing that sets it apart Mm -hmm. and that's uh, some of the insert music that was in the show Mm. so if you're into like 
uh, punk rock or, or like, like rock and roll in general, there was a lot of good insert music in Beyblade. And I think thinking back, that really helped carry the series <laughs> a bit. Because when the music would start playing, it's like, okay, yeah, it's go time, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, <laughs> Beyblade, uh, the biggest thumbs up would be for, apart from the toys, would be the insert music in the show. Yeah, I, I will attest to that because the 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 one sh- uh, I guess other than the the puppet kid, the other shining moment was the theme song for Beyblade Burst. I thought was really catchy. I mean, these shows are commercials. Uh, same with same with Zoids that we've talked about before. Same with Transformers. There's a, a bunch of examples both in America and Japan everywhere. Like these are vessels designed to sell toys, and. The ones that are effective are the ones that engage kids, you know, that are exciting. So stuff like music does help out with with stuff like that. The fact that there's been 15 series, I think, goes a little bit beyond just Beyblades is fun for kids because really it could fall apart really quickly. But they have created a whole mythology around it. The look behind it is so important. The, the anime being exciting with the music and the action sequences, like, we make fun of it for being very tropey, but it's a well-oiled machine that has served these companies incredibly well. It's nearly, it's it's over a decade. It's uh, like we're going on, you know, like thir- 12, 13 years of Beyblades being a property. And I'm sure someday it'll fade. It might fade sometime in the next few years. But it w- you cannot call it a failure by any means. Oh yeah, definitely not. It's it's done its job, I suppose, as far as like uh selling using a series to sell um like a toy and market a toy, basically. It's done it it's done that job pretty well, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. As we are getting ready to wind down here, is there anything else um, anybody wanted to mention about Beyblades? Nick, uh, you've had a lot of thoughts about the show, so you know this is your time. I to I'm going to take a step back and let everyone else indulge. Stan, anything that we haven't mentioned yet that you want to you want to bring up? No, I think uh, we've pretty much covered everything. It was it's, it was just a re- it's just one of those um our, it's one of those properties that i look back in fondness with mm-hmm. um because yeah it was just it was a lot of fun and it was a great way to pass time and when the time did come for me to move on with my life and <laughs> get into other things that happened uh, seamlessly so but um yeah it was a it was a great uh, little uh, period of my life and um you know as the show dictates yeah i i, I didn't mind getting um kind of revisiting that just for going down memory lane for that one now i kind of imagine you you know as you say you're moving on with your life like you kind of pick up your your suitcase and you put on your like fedora (laughs) or whatever your business had and like you walk out you open the door and and, like the the room was dark but now the light's shining and you just take one more glance back at like a lone (laughs) beyblade on the ground you know shining there wistfully and then you just take a deep sigh and you're like and a single uh, tear rolls down my (laughs) eye and you close the door without looking back once more and the next Uh, person who enters that room like why is a beyblade on the floor (laughs) so we we've kind of answered the question but now that we've revisited it or that you revisited stan i'll ask 
is this something that you know stays in the hall of memory? Was it just kind of fun to look back on it, or are you going to go out and buy a stadium and start challenging neighborhood kids to <laughs> to Beyblade battles? Uh, no, so I think because it's one of those shows that they basically reinvent it every couple of years and they do new characters of the characters that I grew up with um are no longer like as at least i don't i don't i'm not sure i didn't i didn't look at look into this but i don't think they are a thing anymore so it's just a it's just one for the memory books for me but every now and then i'll go on youtube <laughs> and open up a, a playlist with the <laughs> with the soundtrack of the show and just uh have a little memory lane trip if you will that's that's rad that's a good way to do it nick mm. For you are, I, I imagine the the anime sound like a life changing experience. So you're all in <laughs> on Beyblades. Maybe a little bit. Maybe maybe a little bit. It, you know, I, I think uh, yes. I I, I was I, I came across very critical of Beyblades during this recording, and that's not necessarily going to change. But that's because I am, uh, like, a I didn't grow up with it, so I don't have that nostalgia. B like, you know, I. You know, I didn't get to have that closure moment of leaving it alone in a room with my fedora or whatever. And it, but at the same time, like I, I have a nephew who loves it, like kids love it. And I absolutely positively agree and see like why this is popular with kids. Oh. So it, is it, you know, is it still relevant today? I mean, it's still incredibly popular today. So it's really, you know, uh, whatever I say isn't going to matter. It's just the truth. Um, you know, do you, as an adult, like, is it really worth revisiting? Uh, maybe not. But I mean, for those that do like it, then it's, it, it is what it says on the tin, basically. Uh, now, but do we have permission to share that audio that you sent me earlier this week, Nick? We do have permission to share the audio of my nephew. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh boy here we go i record, i asked my nephew um I, I so i asked like all my my nieces and nephews uh and apparently only my only one of my nephews uh was big into beyblades so he he uh, he shared his thoughts about beyblades with me which was a very beautiful thing yes uncle nick i do like beyblades they're just really fun you know battling them seeing who wins trying to make them spin as fast as possible and it's really luck-based, but I kind of like that. I like to test my luck sometimes. And it's really fun just seeing all the possibilities of what can happen. It's really cool. And, yeah. I had fun playing with my nephew because my nephew had fun playing with Beyblades, but there was nothing in the experience of that or anything that I experienced that I want to now run out and go pick them up uh like i said if somebody if i was at a party and somebody was like i've got some beyblades do we want to make stupid bets and yell really loud and play this top game i would say absolutely that sounds like a blast uh that's the only circumstance really in my life that i, I would feel myself getting jazzed about beyblades in other contexts of my life it was a time that was not for me. It's still popular because they do a good job of cycling to the the new kids coming in. You know, that's part of the reason why, all right, let's make a new show. So new kids who haven't seen it before don't have to feel like they're left out. They can start fresh with these new characters. It's a well-oiled machine. It's going well for them, made them a ton of money, but they're not going to get mine, in which I'm sure they're losing no sleep over that whatsoever. It's just not a property that is all for me i probably though 
honestly probably would have been into this a lot when I was a kid if it if I'd found it at the right age. Those are our thoughts. We want to hear your thoughts. Make sure to hit us up on hitmeonemoretime.com. You will find all of our socials there. Now, we did put out a question this week. We asked people to share their Beyblade memories. We didn't get a ton of responses. I was a little bit late in getting that out, but I did hear from somebody that I will I will share. Uh, this is from Reddit. Uh, and I'm thinking of calling this subject. Do you remember? I don't know. We're still we're still figuring it out. But future David put in a uh, a little bumper here for Do you remember? How about new? So this one comes from Sajid six three seven version two who said, I never realized to a few months ago that Gravity Destroyer and I, Drago, go left. I legit did not realize they needed to go on a left launcher as well, and when I did, put them on a left spinner was supposed to make them more powerful. Now, I have no idea what he's saying. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> None of that means anything to me, but thank you for sharing thoughts. <laughs> I want to know what version one thinks, though. Yeah, well... We'll never know that 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 one's far far removed. Pe- people, we want to hear your thoughts. You talking about us talking about these properties? We're going to put these questions out. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Hit me one more pod, and also Facebook.com/slash Hit me one more pod. So find us there. Stan, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Uh, it was really a pleasure speaking with you guys and uh, reminiscing. And uh, yeah, looking forward to more of your work. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, yeah. Now, for if people want to see what you're up to, you know, not just necessarily for for one, uh, Voice of Mail pod comes back, though, you know, the, wait and wait until it does. But, you know, if you want to see what you're up to, where can they find you? Should you wish to sure. be found? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you guys can find me. I'm on uh, most socials at SJ all the way underscore. That's at sj all the way underscore on twitter and on instagram i believe um and the podcast is voice of mail podcast that's vom pod uh at vom pod on twitter and instagram i believe so uh yeah uh do have a listen maybe if it picks up we'll jump back on uh but for now yeah i'm just uh kind of carrying on with everyday life in 2021 (laughs) excellent make sure to check it out everybody nick thanks for being here bud thank you david what are you up to Uh, i am up to life as well Uh, but if you want to know any of that you can find me on twitter at nick shermooksness s-e-r-m-u-k-s-n-i-s uh, or on Instagram at palblamshazam underscore art. Excellent. People want to find me. That's the username Davlaz. That is D-A-V-L-U-Z. Twitter and Instagram. Find me there. And of course, find the show. And listening audience, I want to thank you for being part of this week's episode. We do this show because of you. We do this show for you. Remember, you can't move forward if you're always looking back. We'll see you next time. Hey!